0: Chapter one, Besides Still Waters. I struggled so much with what the title of this book would be. You know all the good titles are gone, right? I spent months going back and forth about how I could describe my life in one catchy phrase. I wanted to have those titles that Toni Morrison, Maya Angelou, Rachel Hollis, and Jen Hatmaker all had. All of them came up with titles that captivated me before I even opened their books. But as I scribbled on a paper a thousand times, no title ever stuck. I could never describe my life in a catchy phrase. I decided not to move forward with it. And I wrote two entirely different books because this book I avoided because it's personal and I had no title. Then one day I received a text from my friend saying, when are you going to write your story? That's the one I want to read. So here goes Julie, this is my story. It's painful, grateful, scared, and ready as I am, here goes. I don't know if it will sell one copy or a thousand, but I know that my story is God's glory, and that's all that matters. By the end of the story, the title will hopefully make sense to you why it was chosen. It was not by accident that this title was perfect for this time. I'm the oldest of seven children. I'm 37 years old, married, and I have three sons. I live in North Carolina in a generally affluent area where most nights accidentally leaving your garage door open is okay. And if you leave it up, your neighbor will go out of their way to make sure you close it for the night. We spend most of our time moving about the schedule directed by our sons between school and sports, squeezing in work and other things we have to do or want to do in the middle. Any parent knows that kids hijack every piece of your freedom you have when they're born, and it doesn't come back for a very long long time so I've heard our boys go to good schools we attend church we serve in our community we give and support others in need as much as we can some would look at us now and say this is a good Christian hard working black family living in the south who's pulled themselves up by their bootstraps and they are living the best version of the American dream every single day I kid you not, I have heard that before, word for word. But the reality is, it hasn't always been like this. And within these walls, in my head and my heart, are stories upon stories of hurt and pain, losses and struggles, brokenness and bitterness, that sadly, no matter how much better it is now in my life, it won't replace any of the memories I have. There are some days I'm moving about, riding down the back roads of my town, And the quietness creates space for my mind to drift back to the past. And honestly, I hate those moments. I hate those moments when I remember. It hurts so bad to think about them. One night I was riding down the road and the roads had flooded so bad. My family was home safe and I was returning from a work trip. Every entrance road to my neighborhood had flooded. There had been a tornado warning and heavy rains all evening. I knew I could ride down to the next town and take the long way around, but I was so ready to get home. So I took this one road with a bridge I knew didn't flood too bad. I rode slowly down the road with my tires sliding over the flooded edges of the ditch until I reached what I found was a flooded bridge. There are no lights on these dark North Carolina roads and I really couldn't see. I sat there Praying, asking God if I should cross or turn around. I just wanted to get home. Turn around, I heard, turn around. That's what I heard in reply. As aggravated I was because home was just over that bridge, there was too much water, and I couldn't see how deep it was. I rolled my window down and I could hear the rushing of the water over it, and suddenly it took me back to a memory all the way back when I was eight or nine years old, crossing over the Tampa Bay Bridge. I remember like it was yesterday. My mama had loaded us up in the middle of a dark Mississippi night and taken us to the Greyhound Station. I knew she was on the run from something, but I did not know what from. Either way, we were getting on that midnight bus to Florida, standing outside where the buses came rolling in. There were these lights that hung like spotlights on a stage. Then as our bus rolled in, the cloudy flickering bus sign flashed Mississippi to Florida. We stood under the pavilion anxiously waiting for the doors to open like a curtain call. Only when the doors opened there was no supportive audience. There were only rows and rows of people sitting in dingy dark blue seats, each one staring in their own Starring in their own story, headed somewhere across the Mississippi line. The bus smelled so bad. It was dark and warm and musty. Other than the smells, the only faces I remember were our own. The only noise I remember was the small moans and cries of a couple of my siblings who were scared. So was I. But I was the oldest. I had to be brave. I had to walk on down that aisle and find a seat. I had no idea where we were going other than I had overheard my mom tell my stepdad we were headed to Florida and he could not come. I still don't know the exact reasons why we left to this day. I've never gotten up enough courage, even though I'm a grown woman, to ask my mama why. Why did we leave that night? One memory that comes to mind very vaguely on that bus was my sister's pigtails. She was always the cutest little girl to me, so innocent. I remember her face looking so scared. I didn't know what to do but hold her hand so tight. Seems like we rode for days and days. And just as we went to cross that bridge, I opened my eyes from being asleep. I looked out the window and the water was so dark and went on for miles, it seemed. Water rushing, hitting the side of the bridge. And I remember thinking, I'm going to die. The bridge is going to flood, we are going to die. Or this is the road to hell and at some point this bus was going to go over the edge with us in it. I remember not being able to breathe, feeling sick and suffocating as we crossed the bridge. And as much as I thought we were going to die, we didn't. We made it over. That memory comes back to me all the time. That night we left, the bridge, the water, But this night, I knew I wasn't going to make it without tearing my car up. So I turned around and took the long way home. I've learned that in any situation, no matter how big or small, that if I'm not sure about something, I call on the name of Jesus. I ask God what to do because after all I've been through in my life, I don't have any logical explanation of how I made it through without him and other people lifting me up. I think if I had to do this life alone, I would not have made it. I think that at every critical turn, I would have given up. But he has always sent someone my way to remind me he is right there. I didn't always recognize the help at first. I'm a stubborn child of God that doesn't always listen to God's voice and direction the way I should but I have learned time and time again to keep trying to ask and listen. I point to so many bridges I've had to cross in my life, bridges out of poverty, bridges out of abuse, bridges out of mental health struggles. Many of us have had to cross these same bridges before. I'm sure you have ones you are still trying to figure out how to cross now. I know I do. All I know is looking back on that moment when we crossed that bridge the first time God had us. God had me as a child, and we did make it. And I'll never forget that as we crossed the bridge across Tampa Bay, the waters went from choppy to still. I remember looking out of the bus window, watching the waters calm as we crossed. Somehow I knew, even at a young age, that something was leaning my mama ahead. It had to be God. I just didn't understand why at the time. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's the end of chapter one. I'll talk to you again soon.